Hello, I am Danny Bahahar, the head of Lotus Cars. You may have heard a lot of speculation that Lotus Cars is for sale, so I wanted to come here now and give you the Danny Bahahahahar words that Lotus Cars is definitely not for sale. Hello, I wish to buy Lotus Cars. I have many millions of pesos. Is yours. Here are the keys. Uh, no, wait, you've got to jiggle that a little bit. You can't, no, no, don't put, yeah, that's it, you got it. Okay, no, wait, that, no, that always comes off. You're fine. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Weasel hats. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth. He's Richard. Hello. He's Zog. Hello. And this is one of those editions of Gareth Jones on Speed where we sort of conceptualise, right? Where we throw the whole show over to one idea and each of us brings something to the show. And I use the term conceptualise because this programme is all about concepts. I don't mean like, you know, the concept of life, you know, the concept of equality. I mean concept cars. Do you love concepts, Richard? I love concept cars. Do you? All concept cars, particularly the really bad ones. Yes, I find them slightly annoying. I love them. Well, they can be fantastic, though. You know, when I used to read books about space or aircraft and stuff as a kid, the first thing I'd flip to was the back, in the future, we will live on the moon and breathe our own milk. You know, these visions of the future were the most entertaining. And concept cars, for me, are kind of like that. They are visions of the future, <coughs> which will never happen. They're the haute couture of the car, aren't they? They're the really out there, crazy... Haute couture, or as the French call it? Come on. I don't know. What is it? Translate. Um, because I thought you were going to say it translates as a load of bollocks or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the unwearable fashions that you know aren't really going to yep. end up on the high street, but yep. they do reflect sort of thinking in fashion and design circles that does filter its way down yep. to, uh, to the high street. It's there have been some place, stinkers. So. There have been some terrible concepts. I'm trying to think of what was the worst. Oh, there have been some awful... I mean, there have been some really, truly horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, ghastly concepts over the years. But, but there have also been some that are remarkably close to finished production things. I mean, I remember the Mercedes SLK, for example, the concept yeah. that Mercedes came out with for that. It wasn't one of these insane concept cars. It was just a really great-looking thing. You thought, yeah, I really want them to build that. Oh, and, and they did build it. Yeah. And, you know, and it wasn't quite as fab as the very elegant uh, the concept, but it was pretty good. The Boxer was a great example of that. That was a concept car which pretty much became... The car no, that we it went didn't. out for. No, no, no. Go and look at the original Boxster concept. Oh, hang a lovely on. Lovely snub nose. It had a shorter tail. The proportions were nicer. They it changed the front end. It looked a bit more so like the sort of 550 more, Spider. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they just couldn't package it the way yeah. it was. It also had the best interior vents I've ever seen. Little circular, I think, uh, mesh holes, but behind each bit of mesh was a tiny little four-bladed fan that it's rotated. Just, nice. And it's that kind of detail, actually, often in the concept car can help to yeah. draw you into it that gets lost. I mean, similar yeah, with the, the SLK. The, the roll hoops on the SLK were a detail that were just much, much better executed on the concept. Yeah, yeah. You know, for very good reasons, I'm sure, the Mercedes went a different way for the production car. But can it show money, those? usually. Yeah, also, concept yeah. cars are usually wider than they would be in production, even yeah. ones where they're yeah. fully in tend to do it in real life because motor show halls are so massive 
that a normal sized car, when, particularly when it's sort of raised up on a turntable above all the other cars, can look a little bit weedy and lost. So they make them deliberately more butch than they can do in production. And the seats more impressive. are always far, far thinner than they're ever going to be practical. Yes. Because they don't have to support someone's weight for more than 10 seconds. Well, so they don't have to be that comfy. Uh, and it makes the interior of the vehicle look far more There are and also airy. other reasons for that because increasingly now side airbags are packaged in seats. Quite hard to get them into a thin seat. Yeah. And also, there's still a perception problem to overcome. The Range Rover Evoque, which is one of the rare examples of a car that made it to production pretty much unchanged, yeah. they put a slot in under the main grille for extra yeah, cooling, yeah. and that's pretty much it. And the only other thing that changed fundamentally was the interior, because the concept had incredibly thin seats. One of the reasons they didn't do it for production is I think because people perceive those thin seats as looking a bit cheap and mean yeah. mm. and not luxurious. Rather and they than being racy be. and high-tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I show you something? Go Please on. do it. Some pictures it will very well on radio. What's that? I'm showing these guys a picture of a concept car. Do you recognise it? It's, it um, looks very citrony to me. It's, it's a Tony concept, isn't it? It is. And I can't remember what it was called. It is citrony because yeah. you can see it's basically a Citroen, Citroen. BX. That's yeah. right, yeah. It's a Citroen BX Coupe, except it isn't. It's the Logan's Run concept car. You're right, in that it's a Bertoni design that looks exactly like a Citroen BX. It was actually a Bertoni concept for Volvo. Did you know that? That was I forget what it was called. Not the the Tuareg, but not Mm. Tuareg, I forget. But it is a BX Coupe, isn't it? A Citroen BX Coupe, but it was a Volvo, conceived as a Volvo. I love it when that happens. It's one of the reasons why I like concepts. Here's another one. Look at that. What's that concept? You recognise that beauty? Corvette of some sort? No. I think I saw that in the, clues uh, there. In the Speed Racer film recently. It looks uh, like something <clears> from Speed Racer. <throat> what we're looking at is a wedge-shaped, two-seater, mid-engined, small, Italian... It's a Fiat. Coupe, uh, Fiat. which is had a... Fiat X19? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is a Fiat X19, yeah. although that was the Autobianchi A112 runabout. That was a concept that became the Fiat X19. It was actually originally yes. an Auto Bianchi. Isn't that great? Another Bertoni design. That's I've gone Bertoni mad today, haven't I? And this this one, I love to think about this. Do you recognise that, guys? Uh, no. The name's what? on the boot. Oh, wait. Ford? Yes. Oh, that's that Capri oh. concept. That's right, the Vizos, the Capri yeah. concept from a good few years ago. You know what? Yeah. That doesn't look too bad there, but I remember at the time thinking that was absolutely just the weakest concept I'd ever seen, because it was... Whereas, you know, things like the lights on there, and there are cars driving around right now that have rear ends or rear corners that look very much like that. That car is driving around as the Volvo C30. Mm. Remember, Ford-owned Volvo at that point, the work that they did in that... They pumped cheaply into the Volvo C30. Incredible. Oh, yeah. you're part you part of two. Now that you mention it, is this the same concept I'm thinking of? Yeah, I'm the Capri concept that Ford never turned into a Capri became the C30. It's an extraordinary story. Isn't that amazing? Oh, look at that. That was just a general few observations on some amazing concepts. I'm going to give you my favourite a bit later on. She played the guessing game. Can we guess what your concept is, Zog? Is it? Go on, have a go. Okay. Uh, is it from Stuttgart? No, it's not actually. Um, is it I, German? I, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I've kind of got two. Okay. I've got one proper selection and just an honourable mention that I want to slip in there as well. But well, which one do you want to do it first? Up. Do the proper one because it'll be too. It'll, 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 okay. it'll, it'll, it'll take too long. Otherwise, is it German? No. Oh, is it Japanese? No. Is it French? No. Oh. Um. Italian. It is Italian. Okay. It's not a million miles away. We may have mentioned a company connected with this particular Ferrari. Uh, no, no. Lance. 
Valencia. No. Maserati. Fiat. No. I have a, I had a Lamborghini. No. Maserati. This may be a bit of a giveaway. If I was to say that this particular concept, there are actually three of them. Okay, the Alfa Romeo Batwing cars. There you go. <laughs> although, although we should say, oh, not not Batwing. They're bat, the the, the, the bat, bat cars, the bat yeah. cars, or, or BAT yeah. for yeah. Berlinetta Aerodynamica Technica or something. Thank you. It says, but, but there were these three wonderful futuristic sci-fi creations that Bertoni did for Alpha in the early 50s. I think there were three in subsequent years, 53, 54, 55. And I was lucky enough to see them in the flesh a few years ago. And Oh, was this at the um, uh, Science Fair? Museum, where they had the Alpha display there? No, it was at the uh, Concorde d'Elegance. Uh, I got some Super 8 film of the match, I must oh, look out. But you were talking earlier about looking in the back of the magazine for the articles about how we'll all be living on the moon and... Uh, Breathing our own milk. There you go. Yeah. These three cars, the back cars, they're distinctly different designs. They're different interpretations of some kind of, you know, futuristic Dan Dare Italian Jetsons car. But the Bat 3, Bat 5 and Bat 7, I think they were. Um, Do you have a favourite? It's really hard to pick. I slightly prefer the last of the cars because it's a little bit more alpha than the others. The others are maybe just a little bit too far down the mad sci-fi flying saucer route. Whereas the last one, about nine, I think, just got a bit more of the alpha in it, and it maybe just gets that balance right. So, yeah, back cars, absolutely wonderful. But my honourable mention goes to the Ford Nucleon. Which oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, from the yeah. 1950s with the yeah, nuclear reactor in the back. There you go. Oh, how ca- <laughs> there you go. Didn't that become I the Batmobile? No, um, that's no. the Lincoln Futura. Thank you. Oh, there you Thank go. Nice. You. Good, good. But yeah, I mean, a, good yeah, a, a car with a nuclear reactor in the back. But, you know, why anyone ever thought that was a bad idea, who knows? Sadly, it didn't make production. And who's this cheery fellow? It's Dad, pulling onto the drive in his brand new nuclear-powered car, giving a happy wave with three of his seven arms. But who's he waving to? Yes, it's son Johnny. Don't be fooled by the total baldness, he's actually just nine years old. And he certainly seems impressed with Dad's new nuclear car. Just look at the smile on his faces, all three of them. Oops, there goes another tooth. Someone will be getting a shilling under their pillow tonight for that. Good job Dad saved plenty of money on petrol thanks to his nuclear-powered car. And he's saving money on trousers too, because one of his legs has just come off. Steady, Dad, you scaly-skinned madman. Nuclear-powered cars. Today's transport of the future, the day before tomorrow, today, now. Today. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed Concept Cars Special. The great joy of this game, really, for us is it's that guessing game of trying to guess what each of us will choose in terms of concept cars. With you, it took me a while, Zog, but we got there. Do you want to lead the way with Richard? Because I've got a theory. I bet he'll change okay. it in the last minute just to make us wrong. You've got to stick to this now, Richard. Scout Sonic, do you want me to write them down so I can't change my mind? We're comfortable with the honour. Were you ever a scout? Uh, no, I was a cub and then I got bored of it. I did the same, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly well, I, after six weeks, yeah. I gave up cubs Didn't because the cub meetings clashed with the Wednesday night sci-fi movies on BBC. Good. I, gave, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gave up cubs because we had to pledge to the Queen. 
I thought, why am I doing that? Really? Really? Yeah. really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I just gave up because I'm quite no, lazy and I'm not a joiner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on, what, what do we think? Which we got? Okay, my first thought has got to be General Motors. Is it a General Motors concept, maybe? No. I think it's a BMC concept by an Italian. Damn it! Yeah? Yes. Am I right? That was, is it really? <laughs> it's, it's really not the, weird. It's not the ADO 86 by Michelotti, is it? No. Okay. No. Was it by Michelotti, the ADO 86? I can't even remember what that know. was. They were all ADO something, weren't they? Yeah, they well, the production cars were, yeah. I <laughs> got that right! <laughs> but this is not what... That's really spooky. <laughs> I wish I had changed my mind now so I wouldn't be so freaked out by... Although it's probably quite predictable. Which, which one? It's in Gaiden, isn't it? You've seen it in Gaiden? No, it's not in Gaiden. Oh, OK. I don't know where it is. There's actually two of them. What is it? I think one of them has been destroyed, the other one is still extant, but I think it's in Italy. It's something called the Austin 1800 Aerodynamica by Pininfarina. Oh, it's, oh, it's yeah. a Citroen... Uh... Well, this is the thing. Yeah. This is, if you haven't seen it, go and look it up. Uh, yeah, 1800 Aerodynamica, it was a concept that was built by Pininfarina, who had done work for BMC in the 50s and 60s at the behest indirectly of the Duke of Edinburgh really? of all people the Duke Ooh. of Edinburgh was invited in the late 50s I think to go to Longbridge and have a look round and he went to their design studio and him being presumably they thought quite trustworthy they let him into the styling studio and said here are some of our forthcoming models and the Duke of Edinburgh being outspoken, said, oh, I don't think much of those. They won't stack up very well compared to the foreign competition. How fantastic! And, and, and then they paid attention? Yeah, well, they suddenly went, oh, my God, the insane Greek b- has got a point. We better get a well-known design house in. Get me Pin and Farina on the phone. And so they did, and Pin and Farina did the Farina saloons, which were well, yeah. actually pretty generic. Pin and Farina had this terrible habit over the years of continually doing the same design and then flogging it to it, other people. Did it look like the Citroen GS? Am I remembering The one I'm right? talking about did in a minute, but this is way before that. Right. This is in the late 50s, when Pin and Farina did some BMC road cars, and... Then they had a sort of relationship with BMC, so I think they sent them. Remember, the Austin 1800 was not a handsome car. It was very functional. Fairly yeah. basic. But not uh, a yeah, pretty no, yeah. thing. No. Yeah, Pininfarina true. said, would you mind sending us some mechanical parts and we will confect for you what we believe to be a beautiful and modern car which you could sell. And they came up with this thing, which they called the 1800 Aerodynamica, because it was very slippery looking. Hmm. Now, for various reasons, I think it would have been quite expensive to build, but also just because of that incredible corporate stupidity that BMC was so brilliant at. They turned it down, but it hadn't escaped the notice. very futuristic. Very futuristic. Yeah. And then, to prove their point that the design could be scaled down, they did a slightly less successful, but still very good-looking version of it based on the Austin 1100. Now, this, for me, is the one that's almost more galling, because... This could have been the Allegro. Right. Because it was that And we had the Allegro instead. Instead, when it came to replacing the Austin 1100 and 1300, BMC said, no, we know best. They got Harris Mann, bless him, to do the Allegro, which originally, his first sketches looked fine, but then they managed to knacker it in various ways. Yeah. And, of course, it never sold as well as the 1100 because it didn't look as nice as the 1100, which was, in its day, a very pretty car. Yeah. If they'd gone with Pininfarina's designs... Yeah. Maybe the story could have been different. Maybe the whole story of the British motor industry could have been different. Wow. In the meantime, an excellent designer called Robert Opran in France had not been ignoring what Pininfarina were up to, and he 
basically and shamelessly and would admit to cribbing these aerodynamica cars, the 1100 and the 1800 aerodynamica, and making out of the basic design themes they had two of the best-looking cars of the 70s, the Citroen CX and the Citroen GS. That's mm. right. And they are uncannily similar. They really mm. are, yeah. I know the cars you're talking about. Now, this undermines yeah. my argument that by yeah. making cars look like that, they would have been sales successes, because, of course, the GS and the CX really only sold very well in France and were always a bit left field for everyone else. Mm. But I think BMC were sort of like accessible Citroën. Still very advanced engineering, clever yep. suspension, hydrolytic, mm. hydrolytic mm-hmm. but not quite as mental as Citroëns, and therefore they could have sold a load of them around the world. Great. It's always the first rule of cars, which car manufacturers still get wrong to this day. If you make something that looks nice, it'll probably sell. That's simple mm. as that, isn't it? Cars sell on looks. We've said it on this show mm. before, haven't we? Is it just too futuristic for fuddy old heritage-obsessed Britain? Well, I mean... I don't know. And, and it would have been a bit more futuristic if they'd done it, you know, when they were supposed to do it, yeah. You know, rather, yeah, so yeah, it would have. Yeah, but then you know, they, they it, came yeah. along, and actually, the other car that owes some debt of gratitude to it with its fastback styling was the Rover SD1. Yeah, mm. yeah. But these aerodynamic cars were in the late sixties, so they were way way ahead of their time. So those are my favourite concepts, but they're also frustrating because you think actually yeah. they weren't that, so bonkers concepty; they were tangible, they were doable, concepts. doable. They were, yeah, and they yeah. could have changed the course of history. Exactly, concepts a future which never actually happens. Yes, there they are now, Britain's regent, King Charles III, and his new wife, the Queen Olivia Newton-John, preparing to drive off in the beautiful Morris 1800 Aerodynamica, designed by Sir Pidin Farina. They're being seen off there by the former Prime Minister, Lord Noddy Helmer, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Cliff Richard. Surely the whole country, including the British dependencies of France and America, must be wondering where they will choose for the royal honeymoon. Will it be Llandindo in the Independent Republic of Wales, or perhaps they will take the Lunar Shuttle to New Southend-on-Sea and our latest British colony, the Moon? And oh look, the happy couple are giving a shiny shilling to one of London's most famous street characters, the homeless pauper Bernie Ecclestone! Jones on speed. Okay, my turn now to suggest a car, my favourite concept car, but playing the game, you two get to guess. Okay, you see. my, my first thought is okay. It's got to be a Welsh concept car, but as far as I know, <laughs> Gilburn weren't big. No, on, they're on concepts. Cars. Unfortunately, so not. We, I've got, got to go another direction. Um, it wasn't a Gilburn. No. Okay, it's going to be Italian. It isn't Italian. It's, no, okay, no. okay. Is um, it Japanese? It's not Japanese. Oh, damn it! Because I had a car in mine. Did you? Yeah. What, what were you thinking? Go on. Remember that gas turbine powered Toyota Coupe from the late 80s? Uh, I think it was oh, called a GTV, uh, oddly enough. Anyway, we wow. digress. I don't remember that. Yeah, but ga- gas turbine powered as well, but yeah, I thought. Oh, so in that case, is British? it gas turbine powered? It's not gas turbine powered, no, no. It's got a, I think, a 1.6 turbo engine. Certainly a 1.6 uh, four cylinder engine. 
British car we're talking here? British concept car? Yeah, perhaps? I think it probably is British. It's difficult to say. A um, British car company that might be owned by or was perhaps owned by somebody else? Is that they're a multinational company who have manufactured in Britain and were certainly manufacturing in Britain at the time. Ford? Yep. Of course. Um, oh. Gosh, it's a Ford is concept. It the hot dog. Hot dog? Or. Is it? I'm going to have another go. Do I remember the hot dog? It was a little roadster. No, no, don't remember it. Is it it actually a pair of concept cars? No, you're, are you thinking of Zig and Zag? I am thinking of Zig and Zag. Zig and Zag? I've never <laughs> Zig and Zag. We're just going to run through Ford concepts now. <laughs> oh, God, dear. Uh, mm, the, Is it The O21C. Is the correct to... answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> did that have an engine, then? I did, yes, it did. I didn't I, know it had an engine. I'm, oh, you've got a fact sheet. I've got a fact sheet. Had, 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 had a good look at that in, I, the, uh, in the design museum. Yes. yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Mark Newson, Australian designer of Greek yeah. descent, who did work for people like Smeg and Tefal and well, Indesit. That was the thing, wasn't it? He wasn't a car designer. That's right. And he but, loved it. But he's got a real interest in sort of technology. Oh, you know? no, I, mean, no. I, mean, I mean, he's, he's designed a, you know... <clears> a, let's describe it. Okay, it, it's different to the way I remember it. It's the Ford 021C. Why was it called that? Uh, oh, after a Pantone colour. Yeah, There's a, a Pantone. Yes. I think it's the, the orange of the original. Mm. And the car for the 21 first century it was from the tokyo show in 1999 the color was pantone orange do you remember that it's a very distinctive orange apparently i, I think that's that's not a million miles off the sniff petrol orange it isn't is it? it's a good orange that yeah mark newson built by gear for ford mm. the tokyo show 1999 it had the ztec 1.6 engine okay. automatic it was a uh, funny led lights uh, yes and interior lighting in the car the whole roof lit up and yeah, the seats yeah. swiveled through 90 degrees the doors the rear doors were suicide and it had this curious boot arrangement like a drawer i mean it was impractical but a fascinating idea a drawer that comes out as well as a flipper patch but do you know what it reminds me of looking at it it looks like a trabant in that it chair. does actually look like a trabant i will give you that with that short boot <clears throat> but with oodles more star you'd have yeah. to say yeah well it was <laughs> deliberately retro they wanted to give it a retro feel do you remember um the simco 1000 Oh, yeah. Replacement for the imp from the Roots group, as it was in those days. A little three-box car... Sorry, I'm going to have to say this because it's going to bother me if I Go on, man. It wasn't a replacement for the imp, because the Chrysler Sunbeam was a replacement for the imp. I've got that off my chest. (laughs) Really? That show we did a couple of shows ago where we talked about things like Ackerman geometry. I meant to say, by the way, my mate Jobbo wrote to me and went, you're slightly wrong there, and I now have lost his email. I can't really say that. We've had a lovely email. And we were wrong about some other stuff. We're always wrong. We're always wrong, aren't we? That's great. We are never knowingly over-researched. But when we know we're wrong, we like to correct ourselves and be pedantic about it. We'll do it. So please, a couple of shows' time, carry on being pedantic. Just do an incorrectness roundup. We'll atone for our sins throughout 2011. I, I think it'll probably be an entire series in its own right <laughs> if we correct ourselves. But anyway, no, I, I sorry, think it I was it, w- it was a replacement for the imp in that it was rearranging and sold a few years later. Not a direct replacement. <laughs> <laughs> like a replacement yeah. rather than the replacement. Well, listen, I, I, I drove around the country. We, we, we we go with it's like, like saying my younger brother is a replacement for me. He's not. <laughs> we, we, can <laughs> we, we didn't want to put it in those terms, Richard, since you mentioned that. But <laughs> I'm so like my dad now. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ford 021C by Gear. Jay Mays was head of Ford Design at the time. Still uh, is. And he, is he? Is he yeah, still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? And he's what the I'm overall, he's like the global design boss, and then grumpy, grumpy Martin Smith is the boss in Europe, and lovely Scottish Moray Callum is the boss in America. 
Oh, okay. Didn't know that. And Murray Jay Callum May's over there, oversees them. Yes. Murray Callum, who I met for the first time a few weeks ago, and he told me to f*** off, which is brilliant. In a really nice way, though. Well, that's oh, nice. Okay, I was going to say, I, 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 what no, have you done to merit? I said, I met him, and I went, oh, that's really funny. I was just looking at one of your old designs the other day, the Lagonda Vignali. Oh, I remember that. Another wonderful yeah, concept. Great. Big limo thing yeah. with a V12 engine. Mm, yep. And he went, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, not anything I've done for four of North America in the last 10 years or anything like that you're picking something from the 90s and I was like oh yeah no 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 all the Fords are great I'm sure and he was like no the damage is done you <laughs> <laughs> carried on talking and I went oh yeah I like all those brilliant designs you did years ago when you were good and he went oh <laughs> it was, I should point out, a very good nature's conversation. He's a good bloke. He's Ian Callum's brother, and Ian Callum's a good bloke. Yeah, yeah. from a good bloke design dynasty, obviously. But yeah, Fantastic. that's my claim to fame. I was totally told to, to f off by, <laughs> by, uh, by Ford's director of design for the Americas. I that, think that, uh, that's practically a concept in its own right. Being told <laughs> off by someone at that level. Do you imagine twenty one C as you were uh, talking about the fifties inspiration I, for it? The yeah. thing is that what I think should have made it such a striking concept to me was the way that they fused that with a very, very sort of contemporary minimalist design approach. Yeah, it was beautifully um, minimalist. That's yes. why I liked it. It had rounded edges, Beautiful, space inside, elegant. a simple dash with yep. one spoke for the steering wheel, very Citroen again. In the way, some of those minimalist touches, some of the elegance of some of those things, I can't think of a single contemporary car that you know really embodies that in a complete way but you get little touches of it in things like elements of the mini dash maybe the way that those yeah. are quite like, bold shapes and yeah that kind of yeah yeah i picked that car because it never actually happened and i think it should have happened and i think it would have done ford good to have something that wasn't a hatchback and was a little city urban cool car i like that vision of the future it's a shame it didn't happen i'm going to finish now on a couple of ford concepts because i love my fords and i love ford concepts perhaps more than any other right um how about this baby look do you remember the ford iosis max when it came out which became the new c-max the current c-max mm. when it came out as a concept i thought wow fantastic and it hasn't really changed that much Mm. to become the C-Max, but unfortunately, mm. whilst the Iosis Max was gorgeous, the C-Max is just a pudding, isn't it? Well, yeah, and see, this is the difference. We're looking at pictures of the two of them right now, and, you know, you say it hasn't changed that much. That's absolutely true in terms of the basic proportions, the broad strokes of it, but little details what's changed and those little details do make the difference between yeah, yeah something being stunning and something being yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I think it's changed in every single way but those proportions are the same you know, it, it's, yeah, the, it's yeah the, the proportions are there we'll finish on another Ford concept right do you remember the Ford SAV when it came out and turned out to be the S Max, almost no change. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that one. That's pretty. Much that is, but you know, a lot of time when they do, but the concept's a lot longer. I don't know if it is. I think it's an illusion from the dropped uh, height. Lower well, well, that's the because that's of it as designers yeah. because it. it dropped on its springs. That's the way the designer wants it to sit. Yeah. And that's the way it sits. Once engineering, you've got the suspension got the whole, tuned the yeah. way they want it. Yeah, and yeah, name maybe. dropping again and about my brushes with members of the Callum family. But Ian Callum designed the Ford Puma, and it's not very widely known. But when he was at TWR, he did it as a job for Ford, and he designed the car. And then, while they were developing it, to get the ride and handling the way they wanted it, they suddenly decided to jack the back end up a lot more and put much longer travel springs on it. 
and it totally changed the way that car sat. And I personally think the Puma looks quite sweet in its original yeah. form, but it does sort of stick its ass in the air. It does, yeah. it yeah. does, yeah. And uh, Callum, to this day, is furious about that because that's not the way that car was supposed to look. And, oh. and mm. so he actually sort of quite likes it when Max Powerboys get their hands on it and drop it to the floor because that's the way it was, it was sort of meant to look. Place. But mm. you know, it's hard to argue with the fact that it also drove beautifully and yeah. wouldn't have done if it had been slammed to the deck. Ooh. I think we should go away and consider the Puma. I'm going to consider the racing Puma. Which one yeah. are you going to consider? Well, I've driven the racing Puma and it was bloody awful, so Not I'm <laughs> going to... It's just a terrible ride, one of the worst rides of any car, and horrible sort of heavy, sticky steering. So which Puma are you going to Just consider? a very, very early basic one. OK. And I was going to say as well, at the end of this programme, if you have picked up any errors that we've made, as usual, please do write in. But not you, Jobbo. You've had your say, and I know you don't <laughs> like Pumas. And Keep it to yourself. Yes. And I'm off to consider the furry... Puma, I think. Oh, that's a nice one to consider. He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Richard. Goodbye. I was Gareth. And this was just a concept, really. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>